You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Especially when it comes to pitching, though. Like, the velocity training driveline, everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You have it's, it's wild. that it's such a young age at this point. And then not to mention just the genetics that you have to have. Cause there are guys that they can follow that their entire life. They're still topping out at 91. And if you're right-handed, that's not getting you anywhere. Nope. Not unless you're Adam Wainwright and you just, you can hit a gnat in a teacup. So, well, yeah, it's it's a different game. I mean, it really is. Like the 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 training and everything. I've gotten really into that over the last couple of years, and I mean, it's it's wild. Like even the stuff I do with guys, even today, I I didn't do two years ago. I mean, it's always evolving. It's always moving, and and you're trying to adapt to that individual on a, on a given basis. So so tie us up the T. I'm gonna hit it. So we're talking about driveline. We're talking about all this right and developing and such. Mm-hmm. I guess with, you know, there's not a whole lot of baseball going on right now in Pirates Nation. It seems as if the talk of the town is Mitch Keller, mm-hmm. right? He's maxing out. He's hitting that velocity. What? I mean, of course, just where you're ga- like gathering, I guess, from the you know, the videos or such. But like, what's your take on Mitch Keller? What are you what are you liking from this and this uh, added velocity? It seems like he's gone. I, I'm glad. I was so happy to see it come come to fruition. He's been waiting to like let all that out for a while his mobility has been really bad he hasn't been able to you know hold that backside on the rubber and really utilize the ground that's where you get your power so the kinetic chain and that arm really whips so he looks more athletic he looks freer the mobility is really cleaned up now it's the questions is you know you think there's no there's no adrenaline there so he's throwing 100 with no batter no fans and but yes it is in, in the comforts of the air conditioning and people behind him and that's what he's trying to do so I want to see him compete. That's all that matters to me. Guys throw 100. Guys have electric breaking balls. It's the best I've seen is breaking ball in a long time. Just the arc to it did not pop. It was really, you know, straight out of his hand, straight down, probably 84. He's throwing his breaking ball at 80, 80 max last year with not much spin. So elite, elite stuff. That's always been there. Now he's got elite movement. Let's see if he can put elite competitive nature to it. Can he – can he adapt on the fly? How is he going to use his stuff? All those questions are more important to me with Mitch Keller because his best stuff year was 2019 and he didn't have good numbers. And everybody thought 2020, man, mm-hmm. the last 12 innings he threw were no hit, blah, blah, blah. He got lucky. Like I, I, I like the guy. I root for the guy. I loved how he started to transition, take ownership in the year, but he got lucky in 2020. And I think it hurt him. I really do think that made him think that's where he was, but his velocity is down, his 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 actual release height was down and off. He he wasn't repeating his delivery. All the things you don't want to see 
and trend towards someone getting hurt or fizzling out. We're all seen in 2020. And then they tried to start shifting it. And I think the biggest mistake they made was allowing him to make the team out of camp last year. I think he should have been straight to the minor leagues, but it's hard to do that when he threw those 12 innings and that's what everybody's looking at. And everybody wouldn't go bonkers, but the right move would have gone down. They played a little bit of the politics, I think. And also they didn't have anybody. They didn't have anybody to just throw in there unless they threw DeYoung in. And that would have been hard if he went out and got shelled. So I get it, but I hope the best and I hope he can sustain it. Um, if nothing else, throw a hundred dollar bullpen and, and make it work. But he, he's got to have a mentality for it because it's not about going out, gripping, ripping and, and, and throwing a hundred. Everybody throws a hundred. Like I, I just hit off the machine recently at 98. It took me a couple, couple balls to see. And I was timed up like it, it the, the velocity isn't the same as having the stuff and understanding how to use it. Now, if you climb the ladder on me and then throw me a breaking ball, I would have probably tore both ACLs and my back would have shredded. <laughs> and that's what he's just got to understand is like, what are we, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? He doesn't have stallings anymore. So he's got a new catcher, you know, new face, new everything. I love that he went to a, a, a place that is really good at kind of piecing these things together. That was the first move on the agenda of how does Mitch Keller get, get to be an elite pitcher. That was the first move. Let's see if he can follow up the rest of them. Go ahead, Jim. I know you got something to say. No, this has more to do with just kind of how I feel like the game has also shifted the last decade is that you have a ton of this like individual instruction type stuff on the, during the off season. Is this something that I guess our teams embracing encouraging this do they like to kind of be in control of what their players are doing or are they or are they like you know what try something new like talk to somebody outside the organization see what they have to say like what, what's kind of the mentality of of the team there I think it has to be a balance I mean I think if Mitch Keller was surrounded by the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and their development I think he would have never gotten to where he is now now they could have pushed him that way but I think if you're spending your own money it's a different ball game, right? He's spending his own money to, to hire guys that that's their job is I'm going to enhance this guy's ability to the 10th degree. And that's my only job. That's how they get paid. That's how they get the reputation and everything else. So he did the right thing. And I think the pirates did the right thing there. So I think there's a balance. I think there's also times where you push it on the guys and say, Hey, we're going to pay for you to go to driveline, go get these guys. We're going to pay for you to go to Texas baseball ranch, wherever have you and go get better because some guys just may not know, but the guys that know and they understand that's what they need to do, they need to run with it. And if they do that, they're going to be able to, you know, do some special things if they embrace it and they own it because it, all this information doesn't mean squat. If you don't understand how to apply it and how to compete without it. And that's where the new school and the old school really have to combine because when you walk in there and Hey, I'm throwing 93 today, I usually throw 98 and my ball is cutting and, and it's not sinking, well, you have to pitch. You have to adapt that day. Use the cutter. Figure it out. Like, and, 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 and go out and compete and win a baseball game and go back to the drawing board and get it right. You know, Watching a bullpen now makes me want to throw up sometimes because it's like throw a pitch, look at the board. Throw a pitch, look at the board. It's like but you have to match that number and that feel and understand what it's like in a game situation so you can adjust on the fly. And that's what I, I think the best of the best, like a, a Wainwright, 
completely reworking what he does and understanding he reads hitters really well and he can really dot up and he manipulates speeds, timings, and all these different things. You can throw 91, 92 when you can really do a lot of different things and you're always keeping them on the fly because that changes everything. The velocity just helps. If you can do both, woo. Yeah. Jim has pointed out before on recent, well, in our group chat as well as recent shows about Keller needing to add velocity because what made him such a top prospect is the high velocity. And we've seen him, I think average fastball is like 94 mm-hmm. since 2019. I think it's like and, 94. And, and, and it's been a flat fastball. So yeah, like, cor- um, exactly. it just haven't had, it hadn't had anything elite to it and it hasn't yeah. been consistent. So, but really to me and what we've talked about before, in my opinion, what it really comes down to is Keller just got to learn to be a bulldog. Yep. He's got to just go out there. I'm better than you. I don't care. I'm going to throw this 99 at your hands, hit it, have fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've seen that yet. Yeah. And also, like, he hasn't harnessed that. I have really good stuff. I think he was, I, I, I'm going to say this. In all honesty, I think a lot of guys get coddled and they yeah. don't learn how to get out of their own mess. Oh, he's at 80 pitches. We got to get him out of there. That's like true. sometimes you just got to let him go, especially in the minor leagues, because that first time they go over that's in the big leagues. That's not okay. And they, they, they need to learn a lot more. And I think you're going to start to see that trend change um, depending on how they do the whole pitching and in innings and if the starter even exists for the next couple of years and how they do that, who knows. But I think Mitch Keller lost his identity because he never had one. When, if you look at the Zmeyer leagues, he dominated the bottom of the zone and his misses were up and that played because he was attacking down. It gave him extension and everything else. And then when he came up, analytics said, throw the ball up, throw the ball up, throw the ball up. We forgot about the down, which never gave him true extension, didn't help him repeat his delivery because the thing he did since he was a kid, he stopped doing. So that, that, really good feel and muscle memory was gone, even though muscle memory doesn't really exist, but that repetitive habit that he'd done his entire life that probably gave him some sense of security was gone because he was throwing up. And that ultimately just leaves you kind of open-ended, especially if you, if you can't get anything else out front, he wasn't bouncing his breaking ball. He wasn't on top of the slider. Everything was elevated and had no extension. So not only was he throwing 94, it was a flat 94. The, The slider was going horizontal instead of having some vertical tilt where it's going to miss bats. I mean, it, it, it was, it was like, man, like we can't get too far away. And that was, that that's on him. Every, every, everybody that makes the decision, it's, it, it's on them when they make that decision, they get the same information I get when I'm watching the game before the game and doing my prep, same information every other team gets, they get the same information, but it's really honed into them, how they use it, how they take it is, their ownership and their responsibility. <clears throat> so what I heard out of that is because I'm a true believer that the pound down and sinker is coming back because I think launch angle is about to go down the toilet. Juice balls are gone. Keep the juice balls. Gone. <laughs> I agree, but I think they're going to, they're going to fall into the peer pressure and juice balls will be gone. And I think the sinker ball will come back. So Mitch Keller, hall of famer. He's gonna go back. That's two. Pounded that's down two Hall of Famers. Cruz and Keller, both Hall of Famers. Yeah. 
Why are we waiting until next year? Like I, I always did <laughs> yeah. joke about Charlie Morton, though, that he like honed in on that sinker ball era, ground balls, and then he just started throwing cheese. And he's going to yeah. stay around long enough for the sinker ball to come back and go right back to it. Yeah, I mean, he's still, he's still, it's still, is, is, he, he has a balanced fastball approach. He just needed something for lefties. When he went to Houston, they showed in the analytics and how he could live across the top tier with that four-seam fastball because four-seam fastball doesn't have an elite spin, but it does have a great angle, and it's a different type of horizontal movement. So it, it was a good pitch for him, and it made his curveball absolutely disgusting because it came out of the same plane, and then he could mix in that sinker off the front hip. So he would always go away, and now he's going off the front hip to the lefty, so everything they see is coming horizontal at him or it's starting at him or it's going nasty breaking ball. So everything kind of opened up and it, it made it simpler for him because, I mean, I would say most years, even in a Pirates uniform, lefties killed him, righties hit yeah. probably Mendoza line or lower. Uh, so I think with Mitch Keller, it's just understanding his identity and they're using analytics to show what you should throw, whether you throw it or not, and how you read hitters. But I get that same information too as a hitter. And you saw Kyle Schwarber last year hit some homers that were above his head. Well, he's he's playing the, the guessing game, the betting game. Well, they're throwing 60%, 60% fastballs above the zone against me with two strikes. He's, he's saying, I'm selling out. And if they throw it and you're looking up there, I mean, he's a good hit, a really good hit with a ton of power. You're going to create a lot of leverage. And the angle's already created there for a homer. And, I mean, he could easily probably hit 50 homers if he didn't miss a month. So, I mean – you're going to also see that, and that's when I think it gets fun. The cat mouse game starts. Guys should start bunting, mess with the shift, play the game. You know, we don't need to move guys around or, or change that or put rules to it. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need more governance by any, any means necessary on the game because it, it's just too much. It's always changing. So let the guys compete, bring back value to other things, and I think, I think we'll be really good. I teed you up, guys. I teed you up again. So, so bring this back around kind of how we started, right? Talking to CBA and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about no more governance, the, all the, you know, the change and such. What do you maybe see fundamentally in the game that might be different coming into this new CBA? Um, I mean, we talked, there's probably going to be a DH. I think that's unanimously like we all can probably kind of agree that's going to happen. Is that your take? It'll be there. Yeah. 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 And, and, and once again, that's kind of like the playoffs. I love the chess match. Um, but I, I get it, and I would preferably want to see a guy like Josh Bell and Big Poppy and guys that maybe aren't great defenders but can hit a ball a quarter mile and, and see them hit a ball in the river than you know, see J.D. Brubaker get one hit every you know, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that, and like, I understand oh, the other side JT could get about two hits every six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's no knock to him. But if you look at where, like, I was at a high school practice today. And, like, when I was in high school, we had one PO, two max. But they would take BP every day ready to go. And now you may have 12, right? So they're not hitting in high school. They're not hitting in college. They're not hitting in the minor leagues until double A. And then, oh, by the way, Kershaw's pitching today. And then tomorrow, next time you're out, you have to face so-and-so. And it's just like, dear, dear, please, Lord, don't <laughs> let me get hurt. You know, like, yeah. and that's, 
that's the tough part is like the game at the, that the lower levels are changing so much. It's going to affect the upper levels. So I get it. I understand it. And, and if they use the excuse that, Oh, we don't want them to get hurt on the base pass. That's you're a major league baseball player. If they get hurt on the base pass, they deserve to be hurt. Like I got hurt on the base pass, breaking up a double play. Like it is what it is, but they're major league baseball players. They throw a ball for a living and they get in a, in a box with literally a hundred mile an hour fastball coming up their face. And you're worried about them running on the base pass. It's just, it's a priceless thing when they run every day. So that's another thing. Just focus on the actual truth would be, would be nice. Right. So yeah, DH is DH is coming for sure. And I hope some of the other roles kind of disappear and they, they like figure what? out some better things. Uh, I, I'm not a, like, I don't dislike that, that role with, you know, extra innings runner at second uh, base. Yes. Um, I, I, I would, Honestly, like let them play two innings, three innings, and then do it. Like just do something different to where you don't lose that, but make it about protecting the arms and, and keeping guys on the field because that's the biggest problem in baseball when you think about the players. Every year for the last 10 years, they've had more players get hurt on average than ever before. It's every single year. And they've tried to combat this, try to do different things. That's their focus because you want to keep Mike Trout on the field. He was not on the field almost all year last year. And Otani was a MVP and possibly one of the highest wars ever. So you think about those two guys together all year last year, both playing MVT, MVP caliber. I mean, that would have been one of the best things baseball could have ever had. Hopefully it happens this year, but you want to keep these guys on the field. And that should be, besides you know, selling out to the fans, that should be number two. Yeah, I'm with you on the extra innings rule. I I don't hate it, but I like I think I think there's a better way to go about it. Uh, I feel like if you don't you're hate gonna, it for this year, it's just because like we have a short year. I feel like if you're guys just going to change the extra inning rule, like just go all out, like just do something really crazy, like do do like a tenth inning, and then if it's still tied, each team designates one player, and then you have a home run derby. Winner wins. You know, that's like, what I like think. That. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like. Like just do something like you know how hockey has shootouts. Like, dude, what's the baseball equivalent of a shootout? Like, what would be really exciting? Um, Here's my yeah, idea. You get, yeah. <clears throat> you get to pick your batting order. Batting order resets that inning. I get to pick whoever I want to bat. I think it'd be cool to have a game. Like, it obviously wouldn't be a real game, but like where the best player bats every inning. Yeah. So if you, I like, think you. I think when extra inning starts, if I have Mike Trout and he just grounded out to end the ninth, I think I should be able to choose him to bat first, choose Otani to come in bat second, and I can do that every extra inning. Yeah, you can pick the best. I'm going to put my best my best guys out there in extras. I don't hate it. I'd be down I, with that. Yeah, I don't hate it. And I, 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 I just the guy at second. Yeah, yeah, and I also I I wish they would. In, incorporate a run rule. Just my preference. I don't care if it's eight runs, ten runs. Once the beer's not selling anymore, twenty run runs. Rule. Yeah, like what, whatever. I mean, and but <laughs> but also I understand the inflation of the numbers. But now they're doing like the weighted stuff, so like those numbers aren't aren't as powerful as they used to be. So I, I think when you think about protecting these guys' arms, you know that saves a guy like. I don't know, a middle reliever not having to go out and throw four innings that he didn't have to throw 
because the starter was shortened because these guys are going to get crushed. I'm going to be very interested to see how pitchers careers extend. I think it's going to be harder than ever before to stay in the league as a pitcher more than as a position player. Are we in the trust tree right now? Where I'm all, I'm, I'm I, not getting I, judged. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, people where they're at. I don't hate seven inning games. I don't mind that. That actually double header, unless the fans don't like it. I kind of love it. It's those, those day night double headers are really hard. Um, really, really hard, especially in the National League without a DH. They're like, I remember we had it, we had two extra inning games. I played 15 innings and then turned around and ended up playing the last six of the last game. And like, I mean, it's, I mean, it was hard, especially in Denver. So like, I, 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 I'll give and take to that. That's a 100% ownership gate revenue type thing. So I think nine and seven or seven and seven, however they want to do that, it's great. But yeah, those, those day night double headers and they never draw. The night game always draws. The day game usually doesn't because it's on a Thursday, right? So I'm, I'm just okay with seven inning games. I'm actually okay with seven inning double headers. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. They do that in the I minor would, leagues. I was yeah. never against it. I never thought about it until we got to Vegas. I'm like, what, what? We're playing two nines today? What? Yeah. You know, like it was yeah. just what we did, and you know, it, it's just making sure you get that game in. Yeah, two sevens. I can, I can go, I can go with that. Yeah, so the, like there's a lot of people that enjoy, like they would actually want to stay for two of those games because they're back to back. So, and so let me I ask, don't think the beer sales ever stop. Right, seventh inning. Yeah. After, right? They just keep yeah. going. Yeah. It's a win-win. If they move that up to the fifth inning, I'm out. <laughs> you're out. You're done. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nine lost innings. a fan for true. life. Seven inning yeah, games actually, only mean five innings of drinking. Let's just make them 11 inning games at that point. <laughs> it's one game. No, I was going to say, so like, I know the rule book's the rule book, but what's your take then? If you have a seven inning game, does it count as a perfect game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's in fact one of those things like, oh, the guy hit four homers in a game. He, you know, nobody knows who even pitched that day. He still had four homers. Like it, it is what it is. Like perfect game is that regulation. If it's seven innings, it's seven innings, and we need to like embrace that because the the money and the way that they're like giving value is taking away opportunities to even do that. It's gonna be so hard to see. I mean, how many times we see it this year? A guy had a perfect game or no hitter in the sixth inning, he got taken out. And we're just not going to see that for the time being until they really get into biomechanics and, and, and biomatrix and all the crap that goes on to make sure these guys are still moving proper in the eighth inning, like they were in the third inning. And they all have different maximal capabilities. Once they nail that down, you may see guys throw 180 pitches because they don't wear down at 180 pitches because every human being is completely different. It's a uh, Trevor Bauer 101. That's why mm-hmm. he he maxes out at 130, 135 most of the times because that's his threshold, and he he literally sustains value all the way there. You mean like making everybody cut off at 100 pitches is not a good thing? I mean, wow! I wanted to be a shooting guard, but the shooting guards aren't five nine, like, 222 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, if you told someone if you told everybody in the world you could only bench 100 pounds, 30 reps your entire life, 
everyone would do that. But there are some people that can do more mm. than that. Yeah, I'd I'd be in prison. I'd be I'd be trying to bench more. <laughs> yeah, be breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with but you. Like we're all I'd probably we're all get so hurt trying yeah. to do more than that because I've been taught my entire life I can only do this. Yeah, like I I probably I did a camp last weekend and I may have thrown thirteen hundred baseballs. No, no joke. Like I I threw the entire time. I was throwing. Balls that were 10 ounces, three ounces, 15 ounces. I was throwing footballs. It didn't matter. We were just having a blast. And I'm I was enthralled. I'm soaking wet. My arm didn't hurt the next day. Like your body can can do things you never imagined. And I had a torn labrum. I didn't have surgery. I was told to do oh, something nice. different. And, and this is where we learned the difference between a professional athlete and me. Because <laughs> I throw batting <laughs> practice every day and my arm is dead. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a secret. I'll give you a secret. So elasticity turns to capacity. So the more you can like like stretch it, that capacity will grow and that elasticity, it won't come back as fast to where it's like, oh gosh, I just can't get like it'll 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 be slower and slower. You can pull it a little bit further, a little bit further. All right, elasticity, further. not bush light. Um yeah. that that yeah, that's a post. BP <laughs> or, or daring. If you want to go really old school. <laughs> yeah, Tyler doesn't come across as the guy who stretches. Yeah. You should no. wear a beer hat while you throw. No, I keep the, I keep baseball gear on. I like it. I like it. You should be like the guy of uh, rookie of the year. No, it's, it's more like bad news bears. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. I interrupted what you were saying. I'm sorry. I Me? wish I remembered what it was. Yes, Fort. <laughs> I, just, I just like talking shop. You guys, are, you guys are great, and it's a lot of fun just talk baseball because it feels like it is so far away. With you know, another transactions and still having those like weird looking, fake, blurred out emoji things on on the websites. It's just it's just a weird time. So mm-hmm. talking to baseball dudes, it's really nice. And you know, being out on the field today, it's sixty degrees here. Seeing guys just you know playing catch, trying to get better. It, it feels right, so you know, I just hope we can we can get something going because it's weird to think that there wouldn't be baseball. Never, never, I guess in my lifetime had to even think about that. In '94, I was too young to even you know process and had ADD, so I wouldn't even known anyways. Like, oh, squirrel! I do actually have a question for you. Shoot, man! Did you tag Holy Lugo? Man, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Really? It looked like he did. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Mills had to apologize. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I tagged him. And, you know, I, I still think like about Daniel McCutcheon and how he got out there and did something that was just really special. But he the one thing I'm, that night. yeah, he, he dealt and he was on his fourth day. So they had him shut down. He was in turfs and he went and got his cleats and walked out there by himself. They told him no and he did it anyways. I'll respect that man for the rest of my life and his life. And, the one thing that I, I still can't believe is the common denominator across the board with 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 every umpire was like, you gotta lay into him, leave no doubt, blah blah. So I'm supposed to hurt this guy six feet up the line instead of swipe tagging him and and make sure that I don't break him in half because I literally would have gone right into his knee and hyperextended it probably, and then we would have had a rule change there. Like we probably did with Buster Posey. Cause the I guess, rule. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, well, the fort rule. You you have to build a fort around the plate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just like, you know, you're you're right, you're wrong, you're indifferent. It's all about, you know, they were trying to protect Jerry. Jerry had a great game. He made one mistake, 19 innings in, six and a half hours into the game. The only thing I, I still cannot understand, and I'll never understand this, but even with replay, just talk. Just talk and try to get it right. And then if you get it wrong, at least you showed that you tried everything possible. I can respect that because people make mistakes. We're all human beings. And like I said, he had a great night. He called a great game. And then he made one mistake. He's actually a very good umpire, too. He's a very good umpire. He's a very good dude. And He lives I, like 10 minutes from me. Nice, nice. You're actually roommates. Don't lie. You call, <laughs> him, you call him Nighthawk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... At the end of the day, like I just wish they would do that. There was a couple times this year, especially early on with that runner interference rule. It was, it was like just talk. Like it, it's not rocket science. Just make sure that you show that you're trying to get this right because you guys are way off. What I can tell you about that night, you made my next day because I was in high school at this point, and I had two days the next day. That two days was miserable because that game did not end until like one thirty in the freaking morning and i had an 8 a.m to a day so well, thanks for up. at 1 i blame you for that blame me yeah i think that taught you i think that hey. taught you grit and resilience to get through a tough day I i'm walking something in there out of like, that yeah fort taught you like a very valuable me. lesson as a child yeah like not to go run like 14 miles all because yeah. fort <laughs> didn't apply the tag fully enough yeah, and here I'm you angry. are. Here you are complaining about it, right? Eleven years later. Yeah, I you am. Better for my it? Facebook better profile for picture for it. you were my Facebook profile picture for at least like two months of two you months. tagging him and me complaining. I I still kind of get frustrated every every year when it when it comes back around and people bring it up. I'm like, oh. Well, that, really, that was a turning point that season, right? Uh, it was a, it was a turning yeah. point in the whole season. I mean, I can still remember, like, I mean, you remember what you were doing that day. I remember what I was doing that day. Mm-hmm. I was I was driving. I was doing an overnight drive from Louisville, Kentucky, to Tampa, Florida, and I was probably right around Atlanta at this point in the, at the, of the night. And uh, I had it I had it up on my on my iPhone, which you know you shouldn't be doing when driving and watching TV at the same time, but. I had it up on the the dashboard and I was just just devastated. I was like, I've been watching this game for six hours driving <laughs> through the middle of the night yeah. and this is how it's gonna end. Oh man, it was I still remember that. I get upset too. So do you, you're not yeah. do, you, do you know yeah. what happened the next series by chance? Do you guys remember that? We got tallywhacked in Philadelphia. I know you beat the Braves the next night. We did not beat the Braves the next night. I think you beat them the next night. I don't. I think we lost a nail biter. I think we beat him. Uh, I think you beat him. Did we? I don't. Know. I believe you. I believe you. I blacked out. I, so I, I don't really believe don't me either. I don't want to look that. Technically, it was the same day, not the next night. Yeah, it was. Jay, it <laughs> was literally one thirty in the morning. Yeah, we we went to Philadelphia. We we saw Hamels, Lee, Holiday, and Jeez. I can't remember who else. And they struck. They they each struck out ten plus. I remember. I literally. I called. My buddy at Old Hickory is like, dude, something's wrong with my bats. They have a hole in it, and I can't hit the ball. And it was just a joke. Like, they were locked in. They were in a playoff push, and we just 
had nothing. It's like we got deflated after that. So it was it was a wild. Forty eight and forty three at that point, and I have another Facebook post of that being my profile picture of the Pirates in first place at forty eight and forty three. So they were fifty three and forty seven going into that game. They lost. And it was nineteen inning loss, and then it was a ten inning loss the next day. Okay, I told you. No, told you smarter than me. I'm not smarter. They, I was there. The I, just, next. I just remember like it was. It yeah. felt like we didn't win a game. Did you catch that next night? No, I wanted to, but uh, Hurdle wouldn't let me. Can't yeah, say went, I blame him. It went ten inning. The ten inning loss the next day, and then you won the you won getaway day. And then it was the Philly sweep, Cubs swept, and then the Padres swept. It was three straight sweeps. After. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that was when Headley, Headley came in and he turned into like oh. literally like, yeah, like he was Chase. Michael the Archangel coming in from San Diego. <laughs> and he just moved. It was a homer. I've never seen it. Like never seen anything like about. it. I forgot about him in that season. Yeah, he so had like that 12 point, RBIs in three games when he came to PNC. Like he owned PNC. And no matter what we did, we'd be set up perfect. And all we had to do was throw it anywhere on the bottom half of the plate. And it would be right down the middle. Like you put it right where he was swinging every time. It was so wild. So at that point, when you're like 53 and 47, and then you just go on a lose, and what came infamously as a collapse. Even though I think you guys kind of overachieved at that point, what's the clubhouse like at that point when shit's kind of just hitting the fan? Yeah, have you ever seen how how I met your mother? Love that it. Show? Mm. Okay, you know the slap game. Love it. That's pretty much what it felt yeah. like. Every yep. single day you showed slapped. up, you were just waiting oh. to get slapped in the face. Some days it wouldn't come, but when it did, it hit hard, and you knew you had more coming. And you're and just until, until it was just day. over, right? Until it was just over, like it, it was just not going to work. And then September, they they kind of played, you know, like oh, let's try this out, let's do this, let's try that. It was a uh, no holds barred to try to figure out 2012. So yeah, it was a Which, crazy turn of events. 2011 is not the year that I consider really a collapse because 12. that was the first. 11 was the well, 11 was the Jerry Mills. Tag 12 was the year that's really that one hurts. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have the depth that that and that that goes back to like what we were talking about earlier with like getting these guys like into the big leagues and 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 really having an understanding of what it is, what they need to do, and, and having an individual game plan. They would bring guys up and they like Jeff Locke and uh McPherson and uh, Strickland was there. There's a bunch of different guys that came up and they weren't like prepared to, to learn and compete with the scouting report and, and how to go about day in day out. They were a prospect that had been kind of moved and shaped and molded the way that they needed to be, to be good in the minor leagues, but they were always in the developmental mode instead of ever really in the competing mode. And that had to change and it, it took time. So when those guys came up, they, they had to learn on the fly and, you know, try to adapt and learn how to compete because they didn't have to do that in the minor leagues because winning wasn't a priority. It was all about development. Oh, you got to throw this many change-ups. You got to do this instead of, mm-hmm. hey, we don't care. Get outs. Like, and maximize your best stuff. And if you can get a change-up, that's awesome. So, which, you see that? That's what they do now. 
I was just going to say, like, do you see that being a very contrasting style like right now? And you think obviously that's going to help the development a lot with these prospects coming up is, I mean, there's an emphasis on like winning in the minors. Yeah. And there's an emphasis on developing the individual. And I think that's the biggest difference. Like, for example, we saw Glass and Al go and just dominate in Tampa Bay. We saw uh, Garrett Cole go to the Astros and and put up just wild numbers. Morton, that's a product of guy like guys getting like I guess a little bit better here and then going somewhere where they're just a tick ahead and they had a different way to look at it and they were ready for it and then they absorbed it. Like Glass now is trending in that direction here. And then when he went there, he got to be with the pitcher or pitching coach in uh, Kyle Snyder, who is 6'10", big, long, lanky, righty, who'd been salivating over Glass now for, I guess, three or four years. He was my pitching coach in AAA, really good buddies back then. So, like, he was ready and, and couldn't wait to tell him, hey, we want you to do this, this, and this. That's it. And it was the simplest thing ever, and it's what he was really trying to do here. It's just that freedom there made him take off. And then he started understanding all the data because they were open book with it more than you know, the pirates were at the time. So it's more individualized. And the the guys that like LA and Tampa Bay, they're able to give it to you, not only for your enhanced stuff, but also for that personality. So some guys don't want it and they don't need it. Like Bryce Harper does not want the analytics. He doesn't want to see all that crap. He just wants to go out and do his thing. He has a game plan. And he sticks to it. And they leave them alone. And I think you have to recognize that too, because some guys just want to play the game for what it is, like they did in Little League, and they're really good at it. So they don't have to re- rework the wheel. So that's the balance. That's the coaching style. That's the, you know, the empathy and the love that they show the players where they have a servant mentality first. If you have that all the way up and down the minor leagues with coaches and players, and they start really working together, that's when you have a lot of really good things hitting all at once. I think that's what the Pirates are having because, in my opinion, they were one of the few teams that were still on to an older style. They were ahead the first time and they were behind the second time. Yeah, I think we can all agree that they they fell behind, but but they were definitely ahead at one point, Mm -hmm. and then it was just – everybody started moving really quick. They caught up to them and then they just started running laps around them. And that was really the kind of the downfall of the last regime. No doubt. No doubt. And like, I feel right now in today's game because of like, you know, you see, like you're talking about people being ahead, right? Organizations and such. And like, you're just, it's such in the forefront now, you know, like back in the day, it would just play baseball. Now it's like, find this edge, find that edge, find this and whatever. And like, I, to me personally, like, I feel like we're almost at the point where like all the edges are found, you know, like what else? So like, maybe the T like, what's the next forefront? Like, or is there anyone else can get ahead in some capacity or like, have we just found everything and now it's just, who's going to execute it the best. Humanizing, humanizing it all. The, the, the ones that maximize that are going to win. And I don't know as a team with money and imbalance of that, and then wanting to create revenue and, and success, how that's going to work. But someone someone's going to put that together and um, it's going to be really special where you can have more predictive idea of like how he's going to perform on a day game when, you know, he got four hours of sleep and somebody died to his family and blah, blah, blah. Like 
you're going to have all these predictable measures as they take more and more data and put it in. And it's machine learning and AI way light years ahead of what an actual human being could put together. So how they use that is the biggest thing. They could probably do most of this stuff now, but most of the time they, they leverage it in the wrong way. And if the players had the power, you'd see guys that you've never heard of do things that you could never imagine because they'll be able to leverage themselves better than ever before. Like I, I say all the time, the guys that had the grit and that were willing to put in the time and the work and the effort can do whatever they want right now. If, if they get, if they're given the chance, they can do crazy things like just what Justin Turner did and Max Muncie and, mm. and, and so many more. It, if they get a chance and they get enough opportunity to fail. So I hope they start a league to let guys go do this somewhere like and and, and have like a, a four a thing where, you know, you, you have a guy with some, some special talent that isn't ever going to make the big leagues because he gets, he gets, 10, 10 at bats a week in the minor leagues because you know he's he's an older guy and now he's figured something out but he can't work through it and, and make it right because he's not getting at bats and there's nowhere to get at bats so it's tough so that's that's the the ever you know I guess going balance of how can you human humanize this data and and, and make it maximize this human being and this reality he's in not the perceived reality he's in but the actual reality he's in if you can do that it's going to be crazy so you watch like the i'll go ahead yeah. it's just it, it it kind of becomes like almost a science fiction movie i was gonna say you it, watch the movie don't look up uh i've, I've not i've not seen it no I oh, okay well, i'll have to watch it, <laughs> it's, it like you're talking movie. this whole thing and like right away i'm like this, 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 I just watched this. I just watched what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just wild what what's like capable, and then it's just how do you utilize it to the best of your ability? And the more power the individual has, the better because that gives every individual a chance to maximize and leverage that. But I mean, most guys can't afford driveline. Most guys can't afford that stuff, especially in the minor leagues. I mean, it's fifteen, eighteen hundred bucks a month, easy, uh-huh. and you need to get reassessed. You have to get you know, all your body measurements and everything else. So like the best way to go about it is learn it and learn your body and learn, you know, how you're supposed to move and what you're supposed to feel like. And then as you get older, you're going to be able to leverage that in a different way, but they won't be able to tell you, you know, you have to do it this way. Well, actually here's this, this, and this, and you take more control. So I could go into that stuff. Like that's a huge passion of mine seeing that because I, I, all the time watch guys and I'm like, I don't understand why this is happening. It's not maximizing him, not necessarily his data, but it's not maximizing him. So what is their thought? What is their game plan? Because they're not maximizing this human being because he's a very high strung guy and they're trying to make him throw like he's not you know, like it's a slow heart rate, heartbeat. He's got a high heart rate. Let him be a high heart rate guy, full of intensity and a little bit out of whack and let it play. You know, so Jared, you know, Hughes. <laughs> yeah, like like he had to turn into an animal. Like he he was a teddy bear, and then when he got out of that bullpen, he turned into a monster in his mind. Right. So yeah, and I think I always say you have to load at the plate, like like your personality, and it's always more important to pitch to a personality instead of a philosophy. Period. So that, those are two theories of mine. I could talk to Tyler about Tyler all the- night. The pitching. <laughs> I like pitching. Yeah. I I, like I literally could just talk to them about pitching all night, but I don't want to. 
You don't want to stay up till one thirty tonight talking to, to the fort. Oh, I you know, do. You got two a days tomorrow. <laughs> no, I just yeah. Suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah. Oh, I showed up to them too. I, I may, I may yeah. just talk to you till two thirty. Just, just to say, <laughs> how's that fourteen miles today? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm walking a good maybe like one and a half miles these days in my office job. <laughs> And that's just me going to the bathroom and getting coffee. I I don't even know if I'm getting that. No, I'm well. I will say during my baseball (laughs) games, I get a good like five mile walking because I'm a pacer. I make laps around that dugout. Yeah, that's probably easy to do at the field. Leland on Uh, the sideline. That dugout, I am in and out them doors, just in and out, in and out, in and out. I just walk in circles. (laughs) That's great. That's what I do. Can't help it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'd be a pacer probably too. I'm not one to yell. I just walk. I just walk. That probably actually surprises people that I'm not a yeller of a coach. I bet you're intense though. Mm, Pretty calm actually. He's strategic. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to take it all out on us. (laughs) Now I'm I'm pretty calm. I'm going to have to see a video or come watch. I don't know. Yeah, I remember though, the, the, beers, the beers come after coaching, I guess. Oh, so trust me. So, after the so game, he I'm says. intense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, after the games, I'm intense. Because then it all, it all comes back at that point, and you rethink everything. So you're an overthinker. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Why the hell did I call a slider on that pitch? He just. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You call the games? Come on. It depends. It depends. Come on. No, 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 no. Listen to me, Fort. <laughs> we have a catcher. He starts as freshman. If he catches, we don't call anything. If a backup catcher's in there that doesn't catch, we're a small school. We got to call games. Okay. Okay. So you play favorites. I get it. I get it. No, 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 no. These are guys that <laughs> this is particularly actually this year because our catcher is going to have to pitch. So we're going to have to call games whenever he's pitching. Yeah. I think, I think at, at a, you're, you're a high school coach, right? I'm not mistaken yeah. there. Right. So like, I think at the high school level, I, I understand it. You want to have the ability to kind of have control over that. And then I think in college, I would love to see more schools go to, especially because most of these big schools have the same technology as, as major league teams now. So like start learning, you know, how to do their own thing. Like I got to call my game uh, right from my freshman year. It was awesome. I learned so much. And I felt like I was so far ahead when I got in a pro bowl. Cause I, I knew how to understand the scoreboard and the situation and, and, and read the ball and, and do some things that most guys didn't because I had to control the running game. I do all of it as a freshman. So I've called very, very few games in my life. Most of, we've we've been fortunate with catchers, but for the most part, we let them catch games or call games. It's just easier. I think it's one Although, of the greatest values a catcher can bring. They honest. definitely drive me up a freaking wall when they're calling a freaking fastball after the guy was early on a changeup, and then he hits a rocket right back up the middle. Have you checked? Maybe they're doing a little Pete Rose, you know, throwing a little bet in there. Change up. Mm, hey, way I'm front, let's throw my here so we can catch up so I can win that bet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Didn't make me happy. Crash Davis. 
telling him. Yeah. That. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Run, dummy. It's such a good movie. I mean, I, I blame my pitcher more. I told him, shake it off. Don't be stupid. That's like your motto in life. Just don't be stupid. <laughs> Just don't be stupid. Yeah. Learn the game. Don't be dumb. I mean, it fits a lot. I mean, and, uh, I mean just the surreal. I mean, I've, I've been dumb plenty of my life. I, be, I bet my wife would be okay if I wore that T-shirt. I've been dumb. Everybody know. I've yeah. been dumb plenty. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I've, I've been dumb plenty. Or just, if you're, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. yeah. If you're thinking about what the other guy's thinking, just go with what you're thinking. Is that like a Yogi Bearism? That. Uh, that's not like a quote he would have that's i was trying to think of the old yogi quote but i couldn't think of it yeah i like that yep anything else guys i i could do this all night you guys are a blast to talk to we should do this more often because it is it is a lot of fun and you guys ask really good questions don't worry mike we're gonna take this off air (laughs) i'm down or Uh, are we yeah (laughs) yeah exactly you'll never know (laughs) <laughs> we'll have that behind the scenes look come out later this year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I will ask you guys, I I'm going to do something this year. We'll do it live. Um, I'm going to go live on either Instagram, YouTube stuff at the office. And I want to bring guys like you on every now and then I'm going to bring old players and do some stuff. So fans can more or less interact and kind of have that feel of, you know, being able to be right there. I'm doing it for the fans. We're not trying to make, anything from it or do anything with it. If, if that happens, great. Um, but the biggest thing is I, I just want to make sure to, you know, put Pittsburgh on a pedestal, bring, bring that fan base back. I feel like they've been kind of kicked in the teeth over the last couple of years and only be a couple innings, uh, at least once a series. I want to try to do uh-huh. that and bring, bring guys on. So if you guys see any games when I, I guess, middle of February, I'm going to start scheduling stuff and, and, and decide like, all right, we're going to put on this platform today. And if you guys want to put it on your platform, that's fine too. overlap. It doesn't matter. I just want to give that like fan experience like they deserve. And we were so handcuffed with all the COVID stuff and everything. It was hard to be able to interact and do th- things with the fans like before. And, you know, I love Pittsburgh and I love the people of Pittsburgh. And that's why, you know, I'm probably going to make it home. And I want to make sure that they get, you know, what they deserve. So uh, bring guys like you on that love the game, can talk the game and ask good questions and we can banter back and forth. You'll see things that I'll miss and we'll have fun. But yeah, I'm going to try to do that with good people and and, and highlight that throughout the, the city. So if you guys are in, let me know and we're going to get that done. We'll just well, think, go ahead and yeah. skip through that. Sounds cool. Yeah, we're in. All right, cool. yeah, yeah, but I love the, I love that idea. I really love that idea. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think it should happen. And I, I like I I was thinking like how can we? Because my wife's been telling me for years like do more on social media, interact, and I'm like, but like what? Like, and I'm like, I want to if I do it, I want to give value. Like I only have value in a couple areas. You know, people don't want to hear about my meat monkey in the gym too much, like baseball, and you know. Uh, I speak a little, but that, that's about it. So, like, what do you want me to do? And then this kind of came to my mind, like, there's some really good people in Pittsburgh. And then we could bring on some old players. This could be a lot of fun. And I want to overlap it with you guys. Like, like I told Runbunner and, and those guys, Marty, said, hey, I, I may bring – if you have an idea to bring on a player and there's a guy that you want to you know, banter with, we'll bring him on for, for an inning or two and have some fun. 
it, right. and we'll just schedule it out. Like, Ooh, this series looks cool. I'd love to do this series. And that's all I need from you guys. And then that way I, I don't have to think about it. And then you get to do what you want to do. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm going to be watching the game. I'm going to be doing my thing and it'll just be a chance to interact and, you know, maybe we get some bites, but I think it'll grow over time. Absolutely. So it's like you said, it's yeah. a great way of fans cool. connecting a whole other aspect. And that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. And if you guys have any ideas or any thoughts, like literally it's free for all and where it goes, it goes, but I, I do see the game go in that direction, even in the media side. And I was trying to do it in some way, shape or form through AT&T. And it just was, it literally just kept hitting a wall. And I'm like, the fans deserve this. They've asked for it in a certain way. I got, I got to do it. And it'd be a blast. It, it's a challenge. It's fun. Talk ball, real time stuff. It'd be fun. No, I agree. That, that would be fun. I mean, we did that one uh, NS9 game day live or whatever. That was pretty cool. What a game Other than to the choose. End, not the end of the game, though. <laughs> it was the Wilmer Defoe pop-up game. <laughs> and so, like, we were all on the screen live, like, as it happened, and it was just like... <laughs> what did we just see? <laughs> I, I can only imagine the face. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, right. my God. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm, like, you, what you see is what you get with me, like, always. My wife makes fun of me because I'm so transparent. But, like, when I was on the broadcast, like, I always thought, like, I wonder what face I just made right there. And every now and then I'd have a buddy send me a picture be like, yeah, couldn't tell you didn't have a feeling about that one. Like, oops. Like, so so that's the game this year, guys. Screenshots of the Ford's faces he makes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard because I'm doing some different things this year. So you're never going to know where I'm at, probably. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to do a lot more in the studio during the broadcast than I am actually in the broadcast. So cool. I don't even know what games I'm going to do because they're actually going to do something really cool this year. Um, that I'm pretty excited about. I don't know if they've released it yet, but it's going to be different. And I think it's going to be a hit for our bigger platform because they're going nice. to bring a lot of people in. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So MLB, MLBPA. Get your ish together so we can have this broadcast. <laughs> I want to see it April right. 1st. <laughs> see. Yes, please. For sure. Got to play. All right. Well, again, love having you on. Appreciate it. Um, we'll keep in touch and see what we can work out. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. God bless. Right. See you guys.